Welcome to the Creative Plan Podcast Network. Join us as we share our favorite RPGs, one-shot games, tabletop games, reviews of items, and convention panels, and other exciting things that we run into from time to time. Sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Kelly, a.k.a. Trixie from Ragnarok and Roll, assigned to Ragnarok's story, and Tilda Wimblewick from D&D Journey of the 5th Edition. First off, I would just like to say thank you to everyone for listening to our varied adventures, as well as for rating us on iTunes and RPGpodcast.com. If you haven't rated us yet, we would greatly appreciate it if you could. And if you're looking for more ways to support our efforts, we are now on Patreon, a great site where you can help us continue making more podcasts, as well as some special surprises for our patrons. If you can, please look us up at www.patreon.com cppn. Every little bit helps. And again, thank you for listening. Hey guys, it's Jim here with Creative Playing Podcast Network. I've got a good friend back on the podcast again because I heard he's got a secret little project coming up. So I asked my uh, good friend John Paul Reed here to come on the Creative Playing Podcast Network and give us the skinny on what projects he's up to. Hey, John. <laughs> Hello, how you doing, Jim? I'm delighted <laughs> to be here and I always, I'm always thrilled to be part of your podcast. I'm very honored to be here. Oh, well, well, thanks for joining me. You know, you know, you're always welcome here. So, so Thank John, you. for those folks at home that may not know who you are, give us a quick overview of who is the one, the only. Oh dear, John oh, Paul Reed. <laughs> well, let, let's see. Uh, I grew up in New Jersey, and uh, yes, I used to talk like this. I used to have a big, thick New Jersey accent. Oh yeah, or youth guys, and oh yeah, Toy Toy and Toy Avenue and the Bronx. Oh yeah, I used to talk like that. I've been living in Phoenix for about uh, six years now, and uh, I'm uh, <clears throat> I'm single, though actually by choice. I'm 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 glad to sort of live by myself with just my cat. And uh, by the way, my cat's named Enlin. Yes, after one of my after one of my characters in my books. <laughs> what what else do people want to know about me? I love to write. Uh I have four fantasy books out already. I'm expecting my fifth one to be out by the end of September of uh, 2019. I am right. I I have been career-wise, I've been a fundraiser for many years. I've been a teacher for many years. And now I'm actually a, a, a telemarketer. I've done telemarketing on and off for oh, four or five years now, well, scattered over the last 10 years. <laughs> I uh, keep myself busy. And uh, best of all, I, have, I work with amazing people. And finally, I play Dungeons & Dragons 5th uh, Edition whenever I get the chance. And uh, I've created my own over 45 years of playing D&D. And yes, I'm only 53, so I started playing D&D when I was 8. Uh, over 45 years of playing D&D, I have developed my own Palomaran dimensional plane, an entire plane of existence for my games. And... Uh, the, the main planet has three continents, not including the Underdark. And uh, <laughs> uh, again, I, I've, uh, I have amazing detail for a lot of my things. And anyone reading my books, usually they're amazed at the maps and the references. And whenever, they, whenever a town or a city or a place is mentioned in any of my books, it's like, wow, I can find that on the map. Here it is. You know, and uh, I'm I, I'm obsessed with the detail because, well, quite frankly, so, 
someday at a, a comic book convention, I'll be doing a panel and somebody will ask me, well, gee, uh, uh, Tabraz and this other city are too far apart. How could they get there in eight days? And I'm like, ah, but you forgot. They had a teleportation spell that cut the distance down. You know, like, you know that, that sort of detail. Let's face it, Jim, that sort of detail is important to fans and people like that. Oh. Finally, finally, I love comic books. I'm a Marvel Comics fan. Uh, my favorite, of course, is Doctor Strange. I've been reading Doctor Strange ever since before I could read. Uh, Prince Namor the Submariner is second, and uh, Ghost Rider is third. Uh, Johnny Blaze is Ghost Rider. And, uh, of course, Daredevil is right after that. Those are my top four. Oh, yes. Well, of course. I love cats, and I, uh, I'm always glad to have a cat in my life. Now I'll be quiet. Uh, did I answer that? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think we got a good overview there. So, okay. So one thing I wanted to know is, because I know where you're going to be come November this year, you're going to be down here in Tucson for Tucson Comic Con, right? I'm I'm working on it. I, I only have two problems or two issues before I can go down to Tucson Comic Con. One, I need a place to stay. It doesn't have to be fancy. Even even a even a sofa or even a living room floor, I can bring a sleeping bag. I need a place to stay, and I'm still working on securing a table for that convention. But I believe I can get all this done within the next month or so. Yeah. So I am planning to come down for Tucson Comic Con. I have not yet had a chance to go to the other one, Tuscon. Which mm-hmm. I I I that I got to admit that is pretty creative Tucson Tuscan but it, mm-hmm. okay I, <laughs> right <laughs> but, uh, now do you go to that one too James uh yeah I, I we hit Tuscan every year because it's a, a bunch of our friends are on the board as well so we definitely want to hang out with our friends one that you also might like that's down here in Tucson at the second week of October is Rincon which is our local gaming convention for tabletop gaming uh huh cool. that could be one that you might enjoy if you can come on down here for that. Of course, that's like a lot of cons back to back to back in October. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, uh, well, uh, anything is possible, though I, I, I do have a bit of a schedule. Uh, good heavens, I'm not even sure where to start. But uh, do, do you want me to go over my upcoming schedule immediately? Uh, sure. What, what events are you going to be going to soon? Well, okay, coming up in August, I am doing Maricopa Con. What is Maricopa Con? Uh, a very dear friend of mine, Jason Youngdale, uh, I actually co-dedicated book three of mine, Pivotal Ruckus, to two friends, da- Jason Youngdale and David Hughes. But anyway, mm-hmm. Jason Youngdale runs his own private convention here in Phoenix. It's called MaricopaCon. It's held in Mesa, Arizona every year. It's been going on for about seven years now. For some bizarre reason I don't understand, but... I roll with whatever Jason wants. He keeps the convention small, only two or 3,000 people. But uh, all of his friends, we all get together and game, and we all, we all have an event at uh, Mesa Convention Center. Uh, I'm afraid it is already sold out now, mm-hmm. but I'm going to this August 24th, 25th, or is it 25th, 26th? That weekend in August. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, after that, <clears throat> uh, Patty Holstrand and I, we are going to Kingman, Arizona. Yay, Kingman. And uh, Kingman, Arizona, uh, they're having their own uh, convention. It's called, uh, it is called, I want to pronounce this right, Kabam. I keep wanting to say Shazam, but it's Kabam. K is in, K is in uh, Kite. 
ABAM, Kabam, Festival and Writers Conference. This is on September 20th. Uh, it is hosted by uh, the uh, Kingman Area Books Are Books Are Magic Festival. So, the Books Are Magic Festival is actually uh, running and hosting this Kabam Festival and Writers Conference in Kingman, Arizona, September 20th. All right, it's August, September. Um, I'm desperately hoping I don't forget anything. And good heavens, I almost—I I can't believe what I almost forgot. Um, the Saturday after, uh, oh, I should say the Kingman Kabam, I think, is going all weekend, September 20th, 21st, and 22nd. Well, uh, the Saturday after our trip to Kabam, uh, I'm uh, I'm going to have my uh, next book premiere. My next book premiere will be Saturday, the 28th, on um, uh, the, uh, it'll be again at Glendale, Arizona, at Imperial Outpost Games. Darren Johnson and uh, his wonderful staff there, uh, led by Joe, and I'm blanking on Joe's last name, but uh, they they've graciously allowed me to set up a, another book premiere where I will be premiering a brand new book. Yes, set in Palomar, but a different continent, 2,500 years earlier, and the focus is very different. This series is going to be called Palomaran Legends and Heroes. Palomaran Legends and Heroes. And the first volume is entitled Unexpected Entanglements. But uh, I will be premiering this book on uh, September 28th, Saturday, 2019 at Imperial Outpost Games in Glendale, Arizona. Uh, it's right on. It's right near ASU's Western Campus on Thunderbird Road, right near uh, 51st Avenue. I think. I think it's between 49th and 50th. Uh, it's right. You can walk from 51st Avenue and Thunderbird right to the store. Mm -hmm. Now, okay, I've done August. I've done September. I have tentatively two events scheduled for October. There's a Mesa Arts Festival, or excuse me, is that a first Friday? Uh, mm -hmm. Mesa Arts Festival and Mesa First Fridays. They're both hosted by the Mesa Chamber of Commerce in Mesa, Arizona. And uh, they have everything there. They have uh, artists. They have uh, jewelry makers, chocolate makers, candle makers, books. It's really arts and crafts. And uh, the only catch is you can only sell stuff that you make or create. Guess what? I can I can sell my books all I want because they're my books. I wrote them. You see how that works? Exactly. That's that's exactly yeah. how it's supposed to work. <laughs> right. And then of course, uh, finally November, Tucson Comic Con definitely, uh, Tuscan. Uh, if I can swing it, uh, probably not though. I I probably will only be able to make one. <laughs> well, I I'm looking ahead. I think I've covered all the major events I'm going to be doing. There was one other event coming up, I'm trying to remember, it was at the very end of July. I'm not sure if it's tied in with the uh, Renaissance Festival that just started. The SCA group here, the Society for Creative Anachronism, the Kingdom of Attenveld, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, I've been invited to do stuff with them too. So I, I really have a quite a busy uh, summer and fall coming up. <laughs> Yeah, because I just heard from some friends the uh, the Ren Fair is in Payson, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, we we've got lots of friends who enjoy the Ren Fair, whether it's yes. <laughs> the, the big one in Phoenix, you know, in the beginning of the year, or if it's the the little ones that are scattered throughout the country, which which we love to get away to. Right. <laughs> yeah, and uh, 
I, I can hear it now. Pat, Patty Holstrom, when she hears this uh, podcast, she'll call me and she'll be like, John, you forgot this event and that event. And I'll be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, oh, and, um, okay, yes, I, those are the upcoming events that I have covered. The, uh, yeah, I covered August, covered September, covered October and November. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so is there is there anyone you'd like to, to do a shout-out for or say thank you to? Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, Jim, uh, Jim, I would not be able to, I would not be able to get my books done without some amazing people. Uh, first off, Patty Holstrom, my publisher. She is the owner, proprietor, and editor and CEO of Arizona Publishing LLC. Uh, they're, they're the ones, they're, there's my uh, label, if you will. I, I I know I'm not a singer and I don't have records or CDs, but if I can use the expression, uh, Arizona Publishing is my label. If, mm-hmm. Right. And uh, uh, without her editing and her guidance, I wouldn't be able to get any of my books out at all. Next, Laura Thompson. Laura Thompson is a very dear friend of mine. I told the story at an earlier podcast about how I invited her to play D&D with my group when I was still running games in Illinois and how she just fell in love with everything. She dove into Dungeons and Dragons. She's like, wow, this is great. She even ran out and started watching Lord of the Rings movies. And, you know, I really, I really got her hooked. I really got, I really turned her into a fantasy junkie. (laughs) I shouldn't joke like that, should I? I'm sorry, Jim. Anyway, but yes, I tr- Laura is my principal editor. Laura and I actually write together. I'll write a chapter. I'll send a, a chapter to her. She'll read it. She'll be like, wow, this is great. Here are a couple of plot ideas. Here's some grammar. She does the proofreading. And then we get it all set for Patty, who, of course, uh, goes over everything and, and uh, has the final say and stuff. Okay, let me be shorter. Next, Chris Ennett and David Delante. These are the cover artists that design all of my covers for all of my books. Uh, I am very blessed, Jim. These guys are Zenoscope comic book artists, and um, I'm blessed that they do the covers for my books. Their, their art is superb. Chris Ennett is the sketcher, the etcher, or he, he draws out the whole cover in pencil, okay? Mm. The whole thing in pencil. Then David Delante, with layers and layers and layers and layers, he is the inker, the colorer, and the what I, I think it's called the three Chris's pencil, the detailed pencil drawings, mm-hmm. drawing, and he will he will make them he will make them uh, with all the colors, with the shadows, and even even almost a three D dimension, you know, with like layer upon layer upon layer. Uh, if anyone is familiar with my uh, Academic Mayhem Book Four cover, mm-hmm. we actually have we actually have a woman being transformed by magic mm-hmm. on the cover with lightning and everything. <laughs> it's, it's an amazing uh, particle effect he did. Yes, exactly. And that uh, so Chris Ennett and David Delante, those guys are my artists. I recommend them to anyone. I mean, they, you, you won't find more skilled artists, and they can do it both on, uh, well, of course, on, on canvas or in print, but they can do everything also on the computer, the, what do they call it, the graphic design stuff, 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and between you and me, Jim, I, I can't draw a straight line to save my life. So I'm very, I, I very, very lucky. I completely understand that frustration. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay, I'm almost done, believe it or not. Next, I want to thank Steve Crompton. Here's a man who actually helped write the Grimtooth Traps books way back in the 80s when Grimtooth Traps were like the coolest traps out there, and I still mm-hmm. think they are. He runs a company called Flying Buffalo. He's also been involved with the Judges Guild material, City State of the Invincible Overlord, Fort- Fortress of Batabasco. Anyway, mm-hmm. he, um, he designs my maps. My map of Palomar with the main continent, Mm-hmm. Uh, he did that for me. <laughs> He's also done the uh, now the the continent that's been in all my books so far is the southern continent. He has done the the western continent for me, and my new book coming out in September will be located in the western continent, and it'll be in my books. It'll be up on my website. Anyone can download these maps for free. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, Stephen Crompton, uh, he takes what I do. I design the maps. I decide, you know, rivers, mountains, cities, uh, you know, all, I, I do the maps, mm-hmm. but he takes them, stream, streamlines them, and makes them look professional. When I do it, they look like a fourth grader science diorama. <laughs> so, but Steve Crompton, he takes my maps and makes them special, and he makes them in black and white, black, white, and gray. Mm-hmm. perfect for copying into a book exactly. you know, <laughs> yeah and uh um so uh steve crompton finally i wish to shout out to my executive board pal the palomaran adventures llc this is my marketing company this is the company i use to market and distribute my books i have five investors i'll list them very quickly Laura Thompson, big surprise, uh, John McDougall, uh, David Hughes, my sister, Jody, uh, Jody uh, Reed, or, well, her, her married name was Langenbach, so Jody Reed Langenbach, and, uh, well, she's divorced now, so, and, uh, okay, and, uh, and of course, Pam Noyes. Pam Noyes is a, a marvelous lady who lives in Las Vegas. And, uh, she and her family and uh, David Hughes, who also live in Las Vegas, they all they also put me up whenever I go up for amazing Las Vegas Comic Con. That was my that that's my big Comic Con of the year. Uh, would you believe every year for the last four years at Amazing Las Vegas Comic Con, I sell fi- uh, fifty to sixty books, and I'm usually done by before before the end of Saturday. <laughs> See, that's awesome. I mean, and you get to go to Vegas. I mean, yeah, it's a win-win. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's treason against uh, where I live, uh, Phoenix, with Phoenix Sand Fusion. But I got to say it, I sell far more books at Amazing Las Vegas Comic Con than I do even here with Phoenix Sand Fusion. And mm-hmm. uh, no, no, bl- no blame, no body, just uh-huh. that's sort of that's how it is. <laughs> anyway, um, okay, I believe I've thanked everyone. And, uh, well, I also want to thank my cat, Enelin. Whenever I'm getting all worked up, whenever I'm getting too excited, whenever I'm getting too tense and nervous, it is Enelin who reminds me, John, chill out, relax, calm down, everything will be okay. 
now shut up and feed me or shut up and let me outside or <laughs> shut up and uh, shut up and scratch my back. And yes, I'm talking to you. I'm talking about you. I don't, uh, he's, he, I don't know if you can hear him meowing. But anyway, okay. Okay. I, thank you, Jim, for letting me do those shout outs. I hope oh, I didn't take up too much time with that. Yeah. No problem. No problem. Hey, I know how it is about, especially with the pets, that just having them to be there is is a huge comfort. I mean, yes. we've got three cats and two dogs now, so you know, I don't yep. I don't remember what comfort is with only having one pet. I miss those days. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, well. What's re- what's really funny is again, if people are familiar with my books, uh, my second book, Capricious Deities, mm-hmm. in the scene that's portrayed on the cover, there was a cat. And Chris Emmett and David Delancey, they contacted me and said, hey, uh, do you have a cat? And I'm like, yeah, I do. And they're like, send us pictures. I did. And they put the back of my cat on the cover. Aww. <laughs> that's yeah, that's really how he, that, that's exactly him. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Emlyn's been immortalized on, on my book too. Anyway, oh, yes. Well, awesome, awesome Jim. And uh, what, what would you like to chat about now? So really quickly, because we're, of course, you know, we've been talking about book five, which is which is a different storyline. So your first yes. book, Reckless Ambitions, the Medford Family Chronicles, book one. Uh, yes. What What is a quick overview for that one? How How would you Let sum me, that up for someone that, that, by the way, it is on Amazon for both Kindle and yes. paperback. And, uh, and on Goodreads and on uh, several other uh, e-book uh, platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yes. And, uh, oh, let me sum up all four books. Okay. And I'm going to do it in just three or four sentences each book. Ready? Oh. Okay, here we go. One, Reckless Ambitions is a very much my political intrigue, plotting, and assassination book with, ooh, who's going to get, who's going to become Emperor Palomar? Who's going to get killed? Will this plot work? Oh my goodness, that plot failed. Oh boy, what a disaster. So that's book one. Okay? Mm-hmm. Okay? Yep. So how about book Capricious two. Deities? <laughs> book two, Capricious Deities. That book is my big Civil War book. Uh, it, it's where you've got armies marching around with the Cavalry and infantry units with the, uh, everybody colliding in a very unlikely place. Yes, I'm, I was using Gettysburg as a template where uh, two armies are moving closer together and they're really not sure where they're going to end up. And all of a sudden, wham! Oh, we're uh, we're we're hollow. Quick guys, charge! You know, everybody runs together <laughs> for that. So uh, yes, my book two is my big civil war with battlefields, armies. I take a page out of the Trojan War and bring a bring an evil, nasty deity, uh, 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 an immortal god to the battlefield who's like, I don't care if it's a bad idea to interfere with humans. I want to rule this place. Here I am. And then, then you can read and find out what happens to him. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's book two, Capricious Deities. Mm-hmm. And then how about Pivotal oh. Ruckus, book three? Ah, <clears throat> Pivotal Ruckus. Pivotal Ruckus, many critics have said, is probably my finest book only because it has such a wide variety. But Pivotal Ruckus is my sea fight. It's my big sea invasion with pirates and wooden ships and iron men mm-hmm. and two big, tough, ancient dragons, a purple dragon, lawful evil, breath weapon, laser beam, versus a red dragon, a chaotic evil, uh, fire is their breath weapon. Think, think, 
think smog and you've got Frederick Firestorm, but <laughs> Frederick Firestorm and Kildaria Sharpclaw uh, end up fighting during this big sea invasion. And uh, it's funny. Uh, uh, Kildaria Sharpclaw just is, does not know what to do with herself. She's fallen in love with a human farmer. And this changes everything for her, the, the outcome of the fight. And uh, Pivotal Ruckus is like a huge culmination of like eight or nine different plot lines that all just slam together and get resolved. I'm mm -hmm. very proud of Pivotal Ruckus. <laughs> <laughs> if you stick with it, it does come out at the end, believe it or not. You know, And when, you, when you're reading through it, you don't think it's going to wrap up by the end. And, and and then surprise, it does. Yes, <laughs> and it does in a big way that nobody expects. It's like, oh wow! And I even steal that line from Sir Lawrence Olivier, Clash of the Titans: Re "Awaken, release the Kraken." <laughs> okay, and of course, I got a lot of gods and goddesses running around there too, placing bets on all sorts of things. So yeah, mm -hmm. it's a it's a fun book, but. Uh, next one. Do you, do you remember the title? Uh, Academic Mayhem. Yes. Now, Academic Mayhem. Academic Mayhem. This is going to sound. This is going to sound weird after what I said about pivotal records. Mm -hmm. But Academic Mayhem is actually my personal favorite. It's the next generation. It's 26 years after Pivotal Ruckus. I should point out, books one, two, and three all happen within like three years. Three years of each other. You know. Mm -hmm. 481 to 43 BC, or, or, excuse me, CE, Common Era. So, I guess I, by the way, I have a calendar stretching 5,000 years. I can tell you uh, who's, ha who's emperor, who's, who, what's going on in different time periods, and it's great for future books because if I want to set a book 2,500 years in the past in another continent, I'm like, aha, I know exactly what's happening. But anyway, okay. But getting back to academic mayhem. Academic Mayhem is a coming-of-age story. Uh, Octavian Oakley, he's 26 years old, and his parents, they, they treat him like a child. They won't let him off the island. You're too young, Octavian. Wait until you're 250 years old. But, Mom, I want to explore the, I want to explore the planet. Well, why is, why is Octavian so young at, at age 26? He's a dragon. For you and me, age 26, we're grown up. A 26-year-old dragon is, is literally a toddler. <laughs> like, but, you know, hey, you got to change the diaper, you know? <laughs> so, anyway, uh, it's the story of Octavian Oakley, how he finally strikes out on his own, and he joins, of all places, the Game Master's University. Anyone reading my books realizes the Game Master's University is very much like parallel to the Psy Corps in Babylon 5. Mm -hmm. We'll give you everything you want. You want to learn magic, you want to learn spells, you want your own tower, you want your own dungeon, you want to be a, you want to be a ruler of a kingdom. Sure, we'll, we'll, we'll help you get all of that. The only catch is you have to do whatever we tell you whenever we tell you to. A small price to yeah. pay for unlimited power. Right, just as long as you obey your, your GMU professors when they want you to do something. <laughs> yeah. and, and by the way, God help you if you don't. 
Yeah. Oh, you, you, do you want a hundred wizards coming down on you with all their spells and uh, destroying you? Uh, no. So, you know, like, yeah, so it's, it's sort of like, we're your friends. Just remember that. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but anyway, um, Academic Mayhem in just two or three senses. It's a coming-of-age story from Octavian, where he goes from a 26-year-old dragon to about a 27-year-old dragon who's actually proclaimed a god, you know, a, a, an outright worshipped god. And it's also the story of a, many people at, game, at the Game Masters University. I find it finally fleshed out. Uh, <laughs> of course, all of my books have two named titles. Patty Holstrud and I planned this out from the beginning. But originally, the uh, unofficial title for book four was the Game Masters University Freshman Student Handbook. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun. And one last thing about academic mayhem. In all of my books, it was pointed out to me during the first three. In all of my books, until academic mayhem, I never had a dungeon crawl. It's What's true. a dungeon crawl? <laughs> a dungeon crawl is when a group of adventurers get together for a cause or a quest and then explore a dungeon, you know, going down hallways, uh, setting off traps and fighting monsters. Uh -huh. Of course, the, 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 the quest in Academic Mayhem, uh, <laughs> gosh darn, those seven-year-old kids, uh, ooh, look, there's an abandoned mine shaft we never saw before. Ooh, let's explore it. Of course, one of the, one of the kids gets nabbed. So the grandfather, who, who's coming out of retirement, he's like, oh, God, I got to hire adventurers. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, the quest is to rescue the seven-year-old granddaughter. Uh, uh, but anyway, yes, so uh, academic mayhem. I have the Game Masters University. I have Octavian's story. I have a genuine dungeon crawl that dominates the book uh, through the through the first third of the book, and then I have a titanic cosmic battle between the Game Masters University and the uh, uh, the Nine Hells Dimensional Plane. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I accomplish a lot in academic mayhem. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting run to see, you know, how book five comes out, though. Okay, now, <clears throat> let's talk book five. Books one through four were designed, the idea was ages 12 and up. This way, so young people could actually read my books and get into them, but not too young. Mm -hmm. I, I, ra I raised some social issues. I mean, elves and humans. Mating? Oh my God! What's the world coming to? You know, you know that evil miscegenation stuff. Yeah, I mean, uh, and uh, well, I also really, I, I also have some intense battle scenes. Now, this new series is actually going to be for ages fourteen and up. I actually have some sex in them. It's, they're not erotica, but they're realistic. When when you're showing the development of heroes. Mm -hmm. yeah, the, the, the new series is called Palomaran Heroes and Legends. Excuse me, I, Dragonlance Heroes and Legends. My book is Palomaran Legends and Heroes. Duh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, the idea is many people have said, oh, I love this character. I'd love to see a biography of how this character develops. That's what this new series is going to be about. Now, my publisher has been after me 
to do a biography on Dr. Andrew Newmo. Anyone familiar with my books will know he is the uh, spy master for the Imperial Palomaran Secret Service. And the age-old saying, one does not want to get pissed on by the government. So instead mm -hmm. of Palomaran Imperial Secret Service, it's Imperial Palomaran Secret Service. Now, Dr. <laughs> Andrew Newmull, he would simply say, I'm just a simple gardener. I grow all of my poison, I mean, my, my healing herbs and antidotes in the garden, in the garden of the Imperial Palace. I, I, I'm not a spy master. I'm just a gardener. <laughs> but um, anyway, you can see how this would open up into a lot of possibilities. So mm -hmm. to humor uh, my publisher, book, seven, book six, and I mean this, book six, I've already, I've already got eight chapters done in draft. Book six is going to be called Twisted Timeline, and it's going to be a Instead of Dr. Numo, the uh, benevolent elderly guy that always seems to have the good idea, the right idea, whenever somebody needs something, uh, no, now <laughs> in book seven, he's going to be a young, hotshot, full of juice teenager who uh, can't, can't keep his pants up and always seems to get into <laughs> trouble. <laughs> and, uh, uh, well, anyway, uh, okay, but back to book five. Book five. Book five could even be called a prequel to um, books one, two, three, and four. Uh, it, it's 2,500 years before book one. It's in another continent. But guess what? <laughs> uh, the, the principal evil antagonist, one of them, is Kildaria Sharkclaw, the ancient purple dragon. Why? <laughs> well, gosh, she's twenty. She's twenty-two thousand years old in a pivotal ruckus and academic mayhem. Well, gee, we're only going back twenty-five hundred years. You know, she's <laughs> she's much, she, she's got much she's got much more of an edge to her now in books in book five. She she's the principal antagonist. She she hasn't fallen in love yet. So you know, she's very. Uh, oh, I want something. You have what I want. You're gonna die. <laughs> She's she's sowing her dragon oats, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and uh, um, I'm not spoiling anything, but it's kind of funny. If you look, book one, my appendix, mm -hmm. uh, it has the year and the day that Kildaria Sharkclaw fights Frederick Firestorm to seize control of the Western Forsaken Island uh, 2,500 years ago. And uh, and then, then, then and uh, uh, if you read all this carefully, and then you read books, you book, read book five. What happens at the uh, at, with, with Kildaria's shark claw? Gee, she somehow ends up heading for the Forsaken Islands. What a surprise! It all locks together. And uh, the what's really fun about book five? Patty, my publisher, is nervous. She's like John. You're really trying romance, and I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> but what I think I've got a wonderful rom romantic adventure. It's full of adventure. It's full of D and D. It, it puts it puts an anti paladin doing something paladin like, sneaking into a dragon's den to rescue her love. It's got a pa a paladin who starts doing anti paladin things. Oh God, I got a plot. I got a plot to. Uh, I got a plot to uh, deal with this uh, corrupt duke, and I'm, you know, I'm, uh, I, you know. So what's really funny is, book five is based on the most unlikely 
impossible love affair you could imagine. Two strong, vital people. Sir Carlton Lucullus Rutherford, a handsome, dashing, heroic paladin, loves lawful good, very self-righteous, and oh yes, I, I value life, and I, I'm chivalrous and noble, and always trying to do the right thing. And Tsarina Lydia Jalen Sukurova, a wicked, evil, amoral, life-taking, murderous, bloodthirsty, and incredibly deliciously sexy, gorgeous, anti-paladin. <laughs> Can you imagine a paladin and an anti-paladin falling in hopeless love? <laughs> the, the heart wants yes. what the heart wants. <laughs> well, I put, I put it this way. One of my favorite singers, not my favorite, but one of my favorite from the 80s, Paula Abdul. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Opposites attract. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, you know, this this romance is as unlikely, forgive the metaphor, this romance of a paladin and an anti-paladin falling in love is as unlikely as, as is as impossible, as inconceivable as um, uh, Hitler eloping with Moses. <laughs> <laughs> that would never happen. No, impossible. <laughs> I think I've got a good story here, and I, I can't wait to have it come out in September. I think, I think I'm hoping um, if um, if uh, unexpected entanglements. And yes, I I got to tell you the origin of how I came up with this book. It's so funny. Reckless ambitions was just coming out. Uh, just came out that summer in August of 2015. Mm -hmm. And I was talking with one of my executive board members, PALC executive board members, John McDougall, probably my, one of my dearest friends here in Phoenix. Anyway, John McDougall and I were just talking and having fun one uh, August evening in 2015. And I was telling him about all these books I wanted to write. And... <laughs> I think I came up with the idea of a romance between a paladin and an anti-paladin. But John McDougall and I, in two hours, in two hours, just sitting in his living room, watching movies and just chatting, in two hours, we came up with the entire plot for book five, Unexpected Entanglements. Oh, wow. In, in two hours, we came up with the whole thing. I took notes, <laughs> I mm -hmm. filed them away, and I said, "This is this will this will be a book eventually." <laughs> and and uh, I I'm, I'm dedicating uh, book five, Unexpected Entanglements, solely to John McDougall, uh, as he uh, he has been a tremendous uh, he's been a wonderful friend, a tremendous inspiration, and like I say, he he actually helped me uh, get my marketing company started up so you know again i i i owe him a great deal the only the only reason i didn't i did not dedicate one of my earlier books to him was because i knew that unexpected entanglements would come out eventually mm -hmm. and where did i get the title for unexpected entanglements well uh john mcdougall and i we both love hp lovecraft and uh uh Cthulhu books and Cthulhu stories, right? Mm -hmm. Are you from? I'm sure you're familiar oh, with Cthulhu, right? I, I, I am very fond of the Cthulhu mythos. 
well, what what would be better for a, a paladin and an anti-paladin to get entangled with each other and unexpected entanglements? I I I think of the old Cthulhu stories where you got all these tentacles coming out to wrap <laughs> themselves around the pretty girl. Ooh. Yeah, dare dare I even mention uh, anime, you know, <laughs> or, or a hentai, or a, you know, so like you know. <laughs> um, the unexpected entanglements. I came up with that title, but again, since I know John McDougal enjoys Cthulhu, uh, it just fit that he it would be the title for the book that he literally he and I together created in two hours and in an evening in August of 2015. <laughs> and hey, think about it as as someone who likes to GM evil player groups, yeah. the old ones make a great foil for an evil character to do good things. Absolutely, because <laughs> the old the, the Cthulhu mythos is nobody wants them to win. It's bad for right. everybody. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> like, um, in, in in academic mayhem, I have a lot of deities hanging out in the astral plane arguing, mm-hmm. and um, I I listed like like uh, twenty different evil deities arguing with all of these good and neutral deities, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I listed there Hashter the unsayable, not the unspeakable. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a copyright issue. Uh-huh. Hashter <laughs> the unsayable. You know, like, like anyone reading that would be like, oh, okay, that's a Cthulhu. Yeah. You know, okay. It's, it's I, like I the I first time anyone reads a Lovecraft book, you're like, how do you pronounce that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Cthulhu, Hashter, uh, many, we could name many others. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gosh, um, anyway, the, oh, I'm, I'm very excited, Jim. I've got so much coming up. After book five, I'll have book six, Twisted Timeline, the history of Dr. Andrew Newmull and how he became, uh, how he became what he became. And uh, uh, that's book six. Book seven, I'm going to keep a promise to uh, many, uh, to five or six of my D and D players who played uh, in my Palomar game just only a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. I, okay, the whole campaign was built around a mine. The first uh, dungeon crawl the camp, the players went into was an abandoned mine, and the joke was it seemed every after they cleared out the mine of all the monsters, so or so they thought. Bum, 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 bum. Uh, the joke was almost every week, they, oh, hey, look, we, we, we did discover silver. Great, let's start mining it. Hey, look, we discovered gold. Hey, great, let's start mining it. Hey, look, we discovered platinum. Hey, great, let's mine it. Oh, hey, look, we discovered adamantine. You know, good for making magical weapons. Ooh, let's mine it. The, the idea is that almost every month, as they developed their mind, another rare commodity would suddenly be discovered in there. And it'd be like, holy crap, uh, guys, we have to keep this a secret. And secrets have a way of getting out. So within about three months, you've got Palomar and nine of the 11 city-states in the whole southern continent. They're all sending armies to the, the, where, the, where the mine is. It's like, uh, yeah, uh, we want our cut. And uh, my, my adventurers are like, uh, no, <laughs> no, this is, this is ours. Go away. And, uh, and of course, 
while they're doing the mining, mm-hmm. oh my God, they accidentally break into the bedroom of okay. another ancient dragon. <laughs> uh, uh, Qu- Quillen. And Quillen's pretty upset. He's like, you guys wrecked my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the title for this book, for book seven, mm-hmm. is going to be Minor Catastrophe. <laughs> but, but, but the idea is instead of minor, M-I-N-O-R, it'll have little quotes around it, M-I-N-E-R, Minor Catastrophe. <laughs> okay uh-huh. and guess what not only was Patty Holston dying for me to do a biography of Dr. Andrew Numo hence book 6 mm-hmm. uh, she also wants me to do book 8 she says and I have to believe her she's the expert and she is that paranormal westerns you know uh, westerns with sheriffs cowboys Indians mm-hmm. and bad guys and uh, you know out in the frontier uh, all of a sudden, they're dealing with uh, crazy monsters, you know, like uh, 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 werewolves, vampires, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. She says, and I believe her, that paranormal westerns seem to be very popular now. They seem to walk right off of shelves. So mm-hmm. I'm developing book eight. Book eight is going to be entitled Crossed Targets, and it's going to be a paranormal western. And I will sum up the entire plot for you with one sentence. Eventually in this book, my sheriff, former, former Confederate soldier, all that fun stuff, mm-hmm. my sheriff of the town is going to be surrounded by an angry mob of Protestants ready to lynch him and his girlfriend. And what does the sheriff say to all of them? How the heck, blankety, blank, 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 was I to know that my girlfriend was a succubus? <laughs> <laughs> so it's definitely a weird West. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. So, okay. Yes, I seem to have sucked you by in every book. Help mm-hmm. shoot me. I'm the I'm hey, the author. Hey, and they're you know, a great thing to use. <laughs> and, and wait, here's the funny part. No, only Patty and Laura have noticed this. In book four, I have in book. Excuse me. In book one, I have four. I have four succubi. Leela Metrocala, the principal antagonist. You've got Atalanta, Trisha, and Cersei. All in book one. They're all. They all. They all had parts in book one. Though Atalanta, uh, Circe, and Trisha, you know, they're, they're very small parts in book one, but they are there. Okay, all right. Book two, Capricious Deities. Atalanta steps forward, she, and she's in book two and book three. Okay. Uh huh. In book in book four, Circe and Trisha appear again. And they're running, they're running around, uh, they're running around. Uh, actually, in book three, Cersei and Trisha appear again, running around with Atalanta. Okay. Uh-huh. Now, guess what? Atalanta, her plot line is resolved in book three. Uh, Leela, of course, is killed off in book one, so she comes back in book in book uh, six, Twisted Timeline. But that's another story. Basically, Twisted Timeline is going to be exactly that: timeline disruption. Oh, no. um, the devils realize, hey, we might not lose this war with Game Masters University in book four if uh, we send uh, we we get Leela Metrocala to kill Andrew Numo when he's young. But okay, anyway, but that's that's <laughs> right. Okay, anyway, but I'm sorry, I'm getting sidetracked. My point is, all of my original succubi have had parts and have appeared in different books for different reasons. 
the the one that I have done the least with. All right, mm-hmm. Trisha. Trisha is going to get bored, and at the very beginning of my western, she's going to get bored and say, "You know what? Look at all these dimensional portals here in the astral plane. I'm going to pick one and just go through it and see where I end up." And she ends up in Arizona, circa <laughs> 1870. That, that's or a I, perfect tie-in. <laughs> and guess what? She becomes a hostess and a tavern, a shift manager at a tavern. And she gets involved with the local sheriff. And again, the, the, the one line, how that blankety blank, 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 was I supposed to know that my girlfriend was a sucker this? <laughs> <laughs> and of course, of, of course, um, I've got a great, I've got a great plan for the Western. Yes, I'll have a Native Americans. Yes, I'll have Chinese. Yes, I'll have a former slaves, particularly from the Caribbean. And yes, I'm even going to have a group of Irish. And yes, I'm going to have a group of angry Protestants. And guess what? All of these cultures, all of them, they have their own variant of a succubus. That's that's true. That, that, is, that is a thing that is universal across the world. Yeah. I, you know, go to Wikipedia. Look up succubi. Would you believe there are over like 50, five, zero different types of critters or creatures mm-hmm. all over the world? Of course, they have different names. Mm-hmm. I can't even pronounce the Japanese name. But their succubi can actually turn into foxes. You know, mm-hmm. like the, the Kitsuna. <laughs> Yeah, oh, thank you. You could pronounce it. I couldn't pronounce uh-huh. it. Well, guess what? Um, when my sheriff Brody is in chapter two, when he's walking, having a nice romantic picnic with his uh, succubus lady love, Trisha, and they're like, gee, what's that fox doing? It seems to be following us. <laughs> <laughs> a fox is never a fox. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, yeah that, I'm having great fun. All of my books, whatever I do, all of them will tie together, but they are all separate stories. This is something I'm so proud of, Jim. All of my books, you could pick up book four, and without reading any of the others, you could read book four and say, wow, this is great, mm-hmm. and get a good story out of it. Yeah, and, I, I, and, and you, you explain well enough that you could hit the floor running with any one of the books and have a great experience. Yes. Now it's always and better if you you get the first book, but that that, yeah, that I, is one of the good things that you know the way you write your style lets you literally hit the ground running with any one of the books right. and you get the whole story. Right, and I, I I'm very proud of that, Jim. If I'm if I'm if I hope if I'm to be remembered, and that's why I write books in the first place. Bear with me a second, Jim. Are you into family history? Uh, yeah. Yeah, can you can you tell me what your ancestors did two hundred years ago? Mm. Uh, not really. Other than half of them were in Ireland and the other half in Germany. Uh, two hundred years ago, ha- two hundred years ago, half of them were actually in Iowa territory and were farmers. The other half were in, were in Germany and England. <laughs> well, but. I'd have trouble telling you what they did for a living, uh, who they were. You know, you got to write all this stuff down. My point is this. Why do I write books 500 years from now or maybe a thousand years or maybe even 10,000 years from now? 
when everything I've ever done, everything I've ever known, everything I've ever tried to accomplish in life is dead and forgotten centuries, millennia, you know, like by my nearest and dearest. Mm -hmm. Some poor graduate student is going to be running around the Library of Congress or one of the other libraries where my books have been, and they'll be recataloging the old books, and they're going to come across my books. For, they're going to look at them and say, wow, these covers look pretty cool. Now, that graduate student, he might not read them. He might just look at all four of them and say, ooh, nice covers, look cool, and then he'll just put them away. But for that instantaneous millisecond, I will live again. Uh-huh. Yeah, that 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 is true. That that for, for even if it's just for two days of him reading the book, you will be immortalized in your writing. Right, and even even if he doesn't read them, even if he just holds them in his hand for like uh, a minute and a half and puts them away, mm-hmm. and catalogs them, I live. <laughs> <laughs> I exist. I'm noticed. Hey, he's a writer. That that's why I write books. Writing books, Jim. Is is the path to immortality, and, and it is a beautiful way to leave your mark too. I mean, yes, I'm not killing anyone. I'm not ending up in prison. I'm not uh, doing anything I'm not supposed to do. <laughs> I'm like writing books. Ooh, I think these are good stories. Read them. What do you think? <laughs> By the way, Jim, I'm going to put you really on the spot here, and please forgive me. <laughs> I know you've read book one. How mm-hmm. have you read? Have you read all four of my books so far? I have not read book four yet. Ah. That, well, that's the one that I still needed to pick up, but I didn't go to Phoenix Comic Con this year, so I couldn't pick it up from uh, you. Well, here's what I can do. I can mail you a copy. Uh, I could even send you a PDF file. I have PDF files of all of my books. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure I wish I could get money from you, but mm-hmm. uh, I want you to read book four. <laughs> so you want me to uh, mail you a copy of Academic Mayhem over the next week or two, or do you just want me to – do you prefer the – the PDF file format, you can read it on your computer. Uh, actually, I could always just pick up the, because uh, it is on Kindle on Amazon, so I could always just pick yes, it up it for my uh, fire. So I, I could always go. just do it that way. I, I'm just, yeah. a, I'm a fan of Dead Tree. I just like actually having the physical book myself. Even though I've got <laughs> e-readers, I still like the actual book book. <laughs> and me, me too. And I'm, I'm going to get in real trouble here. I love Stan Lee, Mar- the Marvel Universe. We all know who Stan Lee is. Mm-hmm. And he said a marvelous quote that I will remember for the rest of my life. Somebody asked him once, aren't you afraid that with all these comic books appearing on the Internet and in computers that someday uh, people won't they won't make uh, regular comic books that you buy at a store and, uh, you know, you can read yourself like, you know, and, and you know, you know what Stan Lee said? You know what he replied? Do You know the quote? No, no. He I, said, I, oh, I think said, I know the quote you're talking about. He, he, he said, and I'll never forget it. He said, comic books are like boobs. They <laughs> yep. look great. They look great on a computer screen, but everybody prefers holding them in their hands. <laughs> the same thing could be said about books. Which it's, it's true. I, re- I remember that when it was dirty old man Stan, you know, coming out with that one. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, I, I hope I didn't just I hope I didn't just wreck the PG rating of this um, of this. Uh, uh, oh no, no, podcast. we always we always label everything adult unless we know for a fact we didn't uh, lose our minds for a few minutes, which usually we do. 
Okay. Well, by the way, by the way, uh, don't let me forget. Please send me your mailing address, and within a week or two, I'll I'll send I'll send you an autographed copy of Academic Mayhem. And, uh, then then the next time I see you, if we both remember, you can you can hand me fifteen dollars, which is still twenty five percent off the cover price. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> what do, what do you want to talk about next? Is there any chance? Because you know I've asked you this on the Facebook page a couple times that we're going to yes. see D and D stats for some of your characters. You know, that's a that's a great idea. When I take a person's character, like Laura Thompson, her character was Ivanova Skalorid, the cleric of Epona Twilight. She's in books one, two, and three, mm-hmm. and she makes an appearance in book four. Or whenever I take somebody's character, I always borrow the character sheet. I Xerox it so I have all the stats. And uh, yes, I, <laughs> I just need to collect them all together and type it all out so it makes a little more sense. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, yeah, I, I I want to do that. And um, good heavens, uh, let's see. Of all the characters in my books, I would say at least a fourth of them were either characters that I played, or friends played, or players played, or they were they were changed, or I combined two characters, or I changed a few things. But yeah, at least a fourth of my characters have a tie in have a tie in with D and D and and forty five years of me playing playing Dungeons and Dragons. So yes, we will see that. I just need to get off my lazy butt, stop writing books and get all the stats together. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just thinking yeah. like in the, the early eighties how you had the Marvel encyclopedias, you know, yeah. you just had all the characters. I just think that would be awesome for your for your book series if the characters were there. Yeah. You know? Just and, and, just just as an exercise if nothing else. Yeah. And you know, it's really funny. People have been after me to uh, do a Palomaran pantheon. See, I, I already have 15 or 16 uh, deities. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like, like a, they, they want me to do like a deities and demigods. <laughs> and um, here's a little here's a little secret for you. Uh, Steve Crompton, my map maker. Mm-hmm. He has the northern continent. If you remember from book three, uh, the big invasion from the northern continent with the, the huge humanoid uh, fleet attacking the Forsaken Islands. Uh-huh. Guess what? I have the northern continent. I just don't have it in, you know, like like the black, white and, <laughs> you know, the Steve is working on the northern continent for me right now. And here's another secret. Chris Ennett and David Delante, they are working now on the cover for book five. Uh-huh. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> I, 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 I'd love to tell you what we have in mind, but I've learned long since. It builds suspense and it gets everybody excited if I unveil the cover at the, uh, the book mm-hmm. premiere at the, on September 28th. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm, we're, we're, uh, we're, we're excited. But uh, we'll also, we'll, I'll also be unveiling uh, the Western continent. We have that all set and ready to go. And Steve Crompton now is working on the Northern continent for me. Once we have all the continents done, Steve is going to help me. We're going to put all three continents together in a Palomaran world map. <laughs> now, none of this includes the Underdark. I mean, uh, you know, the underworld of all these continents, of course, you know, with the drow and everything else. You know, but, mm-hmm. uh, but at least the surface of the globe. We'll be ready. <laughs> After all, Underdark is hard because, you know, you 
the curve of the earth, where the things go. And then all the three-dimensional levels. I mean, like uh, level six can actually be lo uh, higher than level seven, or, or of course it usually, but you know what I mean, the, the 3D part of it. You know? Exactly, all the shoots and ladders, you know. Right, exactly. <laughs> what did I mean? I meant level six could be lower than level eight. <laughs> yeah, and uh, well, yes, uh, I'm very excited. I'm very excited, Jim, because the I've done everything I can to put so much depth, mm -hmm. uh, history, politics, sensible reality. People ask me the scale of my maps. Well, a horse can generally ride 36 miles a day without really hurting itself. Yes, it would be it would be going pretty fast, about as fast as it could go through a normal day, mm -hmm. you know, sunrise to sunrise to sunset, or maybe an hour or two after sunset. But then, yeah, if I impose a hexagonal grid on all of my, uh, if I impose a hexagonal grid on all of my maps, that would be like okay, each hexagon would be like thirty six miles. <laughs> kind of like the original uh, World of Greyhawk, if anyone remembers that. <laughs> yep. And the map would just go on and on and on. <laughs> right. Now, the Palomaran planet, uh, believe me, it's in, a, it's in a galaxy just like ours. So we've got millions of other habitable planets. You know, I mean, I, could, mm -hmm. I might even do I, – I, someone actually suggested to me, I do a science fiction story. And, yes, the science fiction uh, – planets would be like, you know, 70,000 light years from Palomar, but it'd still be in the same galaxy. <laughs> but, okay, that, I'm afraid to do a science fiction show, uh, excuse me, science fiction book. And let me tell you why. I love science fiction. I had the privilege of regularly meeting Isaac Asimov because my grandfather was one of his best friends and they actually had lunch once a week in New York City for like 25 years. Oh, wow. so, well, I love Dune. I love Frank Herbert. I can't wait for the new Dune movie to come out. Mm -hmm. I love Star Trek. I love Star Wars. I love Firefly. I love all these things. That's the problem. If I ever started to write a science fiction book, everybody reading it would be like, oh, he got that from Star Trek, Deep Space Nine. Oh, he got that from Dune. Oh, he got that from Firefly. Oh, he got that from the Foundation Trilogy. Oh, he got that from, uh, yeah, 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 I mean. <laughs> that's that's you know, very I, true. I, it's, it's, it's a hard, hard yeah. genre to write for without feeling like, you know, you have that imposter syndrome kicking in of this. I, I see that this has been done before somewhere. I just can't place it, you know. And that's why I prefer Fantasy and Dungeons and Dragons. You can borrow anything from anywhere and find a way to put it in. Mm -hmm. That's that's why fantasy is such a great loosey goosey genre that you can make anything work. And and that's part of the problem. Every every dog and his brother is writing fantasy books now. Everybody in the United States, every fantasy writer in the United States wants to be the new J.K. Rowling. And mm -hmm. people ask me this all the time, Jim, John. Do you want to be like J.R.R. Tolkien or C.S. Lewis? And you know what my answer is? Hell no. And then they all, they all scratch their heads and they say, well, why not? I'm like C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien, they have made far more money, much more money dead mm -hmm. than alive. I mean, their, their, their estates are like multi-million dollars. Now. But they ain't going to enjoy that. <laughs> right. Now, I... 
I want to be like J.K. Rowling. I want to be alive to enjoy my millions, right? Uh-huh. Enjoy the fandom, so, you know, enjoy the celebrity. Right, right. I want to be invited as a guest to some of these conventions rather than me uh, calling up some volunteer person and say, oh, hi, uh, can I please, 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 please have a table? You know, I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, well, okay, I, those are my those are my own dreams. But my point is, I don't want to have to die for my books to finally take off and become famous. Mm-hmm. But I hope, I hope and pray, I'll be alive to enjoy my millions like J.K. Rowling. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I'll. This, this is funny. I'll live with the idea uh, that maybe I'll end up like Tolkien or or uh, or Lewis, where my books will be. Oh yeah, they're good while I'm alive, and then then when I'm dead, oh wow, they're great. Let's make movies out of them. You know, I, <laughs> I I would I would live with that outcome. Quotes around live, but but I would I I really want to be J.K. Rowling, where I can I can buy my own private island and uh, be, oh, anyway, okay oh, okay I'm I'm babbling now. I'm just babbling. <laughs> or or uh, more importantly, Tim, have time to run games and enjoy more games, and you know actually be free to write on your own schedule as opposed to around, you know, our, we all have that nine to five schedule. We got to work around. Yep. Oh yeah. In my case, in my case right now, 1030 to seven. Yeah. (laughs) But but, uh, at least I'm working in the daytime. So at least, at least it's not 1030 PM to 7 AM anymore. Thank God. (laughs) Right. Aside from palomarnadventures.com, which which is your main site, where else can folks yep. find you online? Okay. The best place to find me is on Amazon. Okay. If you go to amazon.com and go to the books department, mm-hmm. this is where they list everything. They have DVDs, movies, uh, all the stuff, all the departments they have. If you go to the books department and just type in my full name, our, uh, John Paul Reed, and I was going to razz you about this, uh, <laughs> Jim. If you notice in the link where you have for all of my podcasts, you know, the, the link you sent me. I, I have it spelled still, like the read at my park in town, not your read. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's still, yeah. You, you, I mean, don't worry. Everybody misspells my last name. <laughs> my last name is R I E D. Mm hmm. I before E except after C. <laughs> so um, it's German, and in German you always pronounce the second vowel. So hence why Stein is Stein and and Reed is Reed. <laughs> now, so <clears throat> anyway, uh, but yes, if you just go to Amazon.com, go to books department, and just type in my name, John Paul Reed, R I E D. You'll find everything. You'll find my books in paperback, in Kindle. And you can also find me on Facebook. I, I've been playing around with groups and fan pages and um, uh, pages. I'm still not quite sure what the difference is between pages and book and groups. But uh, I've been playing around with them. I have a page for my company, and I have a, another page for book one. And now I have a fan group. And thank you, James, for for uh, visiting and mm-hmm. joining. <laughs> and hey, everybody. Join my fan group. It literally is entitled Enlightened Readers of Palomar. So anyone who's read my books, if you have a Facebook account, you can join this and you can talk about all the stuff going on in my books. Who's your favorite character? What, 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 what are, what are, what are uh, uh, 
Tom Medford stats, you know, like, what, what are, you know, what, what, I mean, all the things you could argue and talk about. I mean, yeah, I, I'm excited about that. But yes, um, Amazon, my own website, and mm-hmm. Facebook. And uh, where else can you find my stuff? Goodreads. Are you familiar mm-hmm. with Goodreads, Jim? I, because... I am familiar with Goodreads. It's a great website where you can share awesome books with your friends. And, and I'm embarrassed. Um, they, they have books one through three. I, I think they're finally getting book four up on Goodreads. Uh, I, I need to talk to Patty about that. I, I, and, uh, but, uh, yes, uh, Goodreads, uh, you can find my books there, too. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, <laughs> Like I say, I'm I'm just excited. Book book five, Unexpected Entanglements, will be out in September 2019. Book six, uh, Twisted Timeline, should be out in 2020. I'm hoping before June, but it'll probably be more like September. Uh, uh, Pat, Patty is right. She she has a she has a lot of authors she needs to take care of. Yes, my book sell tremendously well but she has to take care of all of her authors so everybody has a turn you know so <laughs> i i accept that you know she just can't put out my books when i write them you know i have to wait and, yeah, so. but uh, yes uh twisted timeline will be out in 2020 um the my book seven minor catastrophes that'll be out either at the end of either at the end of uh, uh, 2020 or more likely 2021. And then my cross targets will be out in 2022. Now, here's the beauty of all this, James. <laughs> with, all, with 45 years and growing of playing Dungeons & Dragons, I have endless ideas for stories, for books. For I plan to do a book a year until I die, which I hope is a long time off. <laughs> <laughs> I hope there's many, 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 many books. I I'd I'd love it. Book one hundred, you know, <laughs> the final story. And there's John Reed lying in his bed, gasped. He's dead. But all joking aside, I love writing. I'm mm-hmm. having a blast doing it. And as long as Patty Holstrin uh, is willing to help me, when uh, well, okay, Patty Holstrin, Steve Crompton. Chris Ennett and David Delancey, of course, I pay all these people. But yeah, my point is, as long as they're willing to keep helping me and uh, helping helping me with my books, I'm going to try to keep writing. And uh, book five is actually going to be book one of a new series, which I project at least four, possibly more. And that's the fun part. I uh, book books six and seven. Uh, books six and seven will be the new series, mm-hmm. but. I can always go back to the Medford Family Chronicles anytime and just press press the head forward. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, it, but, it does give you a lot of freedom that you now have different sandboxes to play in. Yes, uh, uh, who knows? I might I might bring in a, sci- a sci-fi subplot where um, <laughs> I used to play a game called Traveler and another game called Space Opera. But basically, basically like what they call Starfinder now. It's basically sci-fi, but like D and D. My friends, we we had our spaceship named the Millennium Pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> so I I thought of the I thought of the perfect name for a spaceship. Ready, ready, mm-hmm. the Serenity Falcon. <laughs> it there hits so know. many feels all at the same time. <laughs> yeah, the Serenity Falcon. <laughs> so, uh, well, anyway, my point being that uh, in a future book, 
no pun intended, I might have a sci-fi subplot where a, a spaceship accidentally crashes on a, in Palomar somewhere, and that's like, oh crap, Area 51, uh, only like eight miles from Paladon City. Then something will have to be done about this. <laughs> I can see a crown prince looking at a rival. Hey, do you know where I found this? This is called a laser gun. (laughs) Sorry, okay, or a phaser, or or, excuse me, a blaster. Ooh, (laughs) this is a light sword. (laughs) I'm getting silly now, but but this is how I write my books. This is how I mean. This is how the inspiration happens. Two two guys sitting in a, uh, on a summer evening in August 2015 in just two hours came up with my plot for book five. <laughs> I mean, yeah, really, from start to finish. I mean, everything we talked about is in book five. And uh, oh, I can't wait to get the baboons out. No one, no one knows what I'm talking about except my players in my last couple of D and D campaigns. Let's just say I I have a lot of fun with uh, baboons. Uh, you know, mutant baboons that have been experimented, experimented on by crazy wizards and mad scientists. As, as they do. <laughs> yeah. In book five, we have a wonderful seven foot tall baboon who uh, walks around uh, sucking his thumb uh, with a T-shirt that is called that has on the T-shirt Harry Fang. And uh, <laughs> he actually has a little knapsack with books entitled my first reader, <laughs> but, but oh boy, watch out! What, what, don't get him angry. <laughs> I mean, do, do, do you realize that uh, in real life, thirty baboons can destroy, dismember, literally rip and tear and destroy one of our most modern texts. You know, one of our mm-hmm. most modern uh, military texts. Mm-hmm. So try to try to imagine thirty or more seven foot tall baboons, <laughs> and, and and I say this in book five: baboons don't fight; they shred. What does that mean? Uh, fighting takes a lot of training, a lot of strategy, a lot of blow, counter blow, and counter counter blow, and a lot of practice honing your skills. Right? Mm-hmm. None of that matters to baboons when they get angry. They shred until they're dead. It makes me think of that scene from Hatari when they're trying to catch the baboons. And, uh, <laughs> the gentleman pocket says they have teeth this big, and immediately everyone starts rushing to make some kind of body armor to protect themselves while they capture them. It's <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, yeah, they're not nice. <laughs> and uh, oh boy, you're you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna love the uh, Sir Carlton monkey charge at the end of book five. <laughs> anyway, so, <laughs> so, anyway, okay, I I don't want to spoil anything, but <laughs> okay, okay. I, I'm just I'm just saying that uh, I'm I'm having a blast. I'm delighted and thrilled to share my books with anyone. Now you know what? So many people are just been wonderful with my books. People. It's amazing. I'll be depressed. I'll be sad. I'll be walking in a in a supermarket somewhere. Oh, no one's reading my books. Why do I bother sometimes? Suddenly, somebody comes running up. You're John Reed, right? I'm like, yeah. I loved book one or book two, and oh, this was great. And you know, and I, you know, I, all of a sudden, I'm inspired again. Mm-hmm. Only once, only once, 
did I ever hear from a friend that they lent my books to someone and they, they, they hated them. They thought they were terrible. They, 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 they were actually, the person was actually mad at my friend for foisting book one on them. <laughs> well, <laughs> wow. you know, well, and, and you know what, last I heard that, 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 uh, reader with bad taste was, uh, be, being evaluated for, uh, uh, being committed to an insane asylum. So I don't feel so bad. <laughs> but, 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 uh, but anyway, my, my whole point, my whole point is that I'm honored and thrilled to share with everybody my D and D fun over literally decades of playing the game. And I hope to continue to do this. <laughs> well, see, is I that, definitely that, hope you keep doing it. Yeah. Is, it, is this the place to stop or have I forgotten anything? <laughs> oh, no. I, this is probably a good time to stop because it is getting a little bit on the late side, I think, for both of us. So oh, is, I, is there anything in closing that you'd like to say? Well, James, Jim, I should get used to saying Jim. I just always say James. <laughs> Jim, I want to thank you again for, I, I am eternally indebted to you for helping me promote my books, for doing these podcasts, for, for, for indulging me and letting me talk. I mean, <laughs> that's always dangerous. <laughs> but I want, to, I, I want to thank you. I'm eternally grateful for all of your assistance, for all of your help. And good heavens, I, I'm ready to do it again tomorrow night. <laughs> but yeah, uh, my, but again, Jim, thrilled and honored to know you. I can't wait to can't wait to see you again. I hope we can get together for for a meal sometime, uh, either in Tucson or either in Phoenix or, gosh, even in Las Vegas. Ever think of going to amazing Las Vegas? Uh, I would, except usually my work has got me so tight on time off that that's usually not an option for taking it off. Oh, so okay. Okay. Yeah. This year I'm it. still no stressing just to get all of the conventions coming up in August and uh, October and November off this year. I still got a couple of those that I might miss one of the nights of the convention, which, which that, that, that will break my heart if I do, but I'm hoping okay. to make all the conventions so far. Well, you know, you know, Jim, you could always just call in sick. I mean, oh God! I'm, I'm, you know, I, well, Sadly, okay, I do mind. have a lot of coworkers who go to the same conventions as me as well, that, that, which doesn't help. Right. <laughs> I I love conventions too. They're just so much fun. Everything about them. There, there literally is like convention time or zone where everybody gets into it and suddenly everybody's running around doing crazy stuff they never thought they would. And it's just a blast. <laughs> and then you make new friends. And hey, it's just like that, that first Tucson Comic Con when I met you. You make lifelong right. friends at the convention and you get to do fun things and meet new people. That's right. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely, Jim. Absolutely. And um, good heavens. Um, uh, hope and pray the best for you. And uh, thank you very much for your time. And, uh, well, uh, I would say to everybody, keep keep playing D&D or whatever role-playing games you play. Keep playing them. <laughs> heck, heck yeah. Whatever is your fandom, play it, love it, and share with the world. <laughs> and, oh, he's... His Imperial Katniss Majesty, Enlin, just came back inside. He's like, okay, I've, I'm hot now. I want to come into the air conditioning. So he's now inside <laughs> now. <so. laughs> hey, um, thank you again, Jim. I always remember what Gary Gygax used to say. Please don't tell the game masters. They really don't need any rules. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Take care, Jim. You have a wonderful night. Thank you for listening to the Creative Play and Podcast Network. And feel free to enjoy our other shows, such as D 
D&D Journey of the Fifth Edition, and Scion, Ragnarok and Roll, a Scion hero to Ragnarok story. Thank you for listening. On the battlefield, I'm a warrior, ready to kill or be killed. I've defeated orcs from the north, sent Kandorian demon spawns back to the depths, and drank with Sumerian heroes. But when I get back from a hard day of disemboweling my enemies, I enjoy nothing more than to open my castle doors and find a dungeon crate as my reward for blood well spilled. Designed for role players and tabletop gamers, Dungeon Crate is a monthly subscription box service with a treasure hoard of loot you can use on or off the battlefield. Miniatures, dice, tokens, coins, maps, modules, terrain pieces, handcrafted items, RPG jewelry, and more are yours for only a few gold per month. You even get a digital crate along with a physical one as an added bonus. So what say you? Are you ready for postal glory? DungeonCrate.com. Let the adventure begin.